Good evening, Patriots. And it is October 8th in the year 2023. Pretty interesting week, actually. It's been um, (laughs) a lot going on, I guess one could say. A lot of Holy Spirit, a lot of other things. We're going to get into all that in just a moment, including two sermons today, brief. And if you saw them, they were, I split the sermons with Dave and Brian today. We said good days, both in the morning and the night sermon. So it's been a really busy day and a lot of good information coming out. And let's kind of touch on a lot of other things just happening in the world right now. But obviously, we're in a pretty different time right now. When they say that, that things are beginning to unravel. And we're starting to see the last desperate attempts of a dying cabal to try to do what it can to provoke the world into a world war. And that's part of the psychopathic elite that are doing everything they can to use every tool they can to try to crush humanity. And then with that arson arsenal of weaponry, they are also are intending to cause some sort of crisis with food. So be prepared. Head on over over to preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com. You'll find the three-month emergency food kits there for My Patriot Supply. Super important and uh, definitely worth taking a look at. My Patriot Supply is the top producer or supplier in the entire country and 
the place that you want to check out for the best that they have out there for taking care of your family. These food, food products will last 25 years on the shelf. They have a, about 2,000 calories a day and great flavors on things as well. So you can mix it up. And with a three-month supply for every single member of your family, you've got the baseline for what you need for a good emergency food system. So in this time, you just can't afford not to do it. It's, there's too much instability in the world. So head on over to My Patriot Supply, or better, preparewithbards.com. Preparewithbards.com. And take advantage of the, of the great deals on the three-month emergency food system. So the last couple of days have been pretty amazing to witness and I'm going to kind of just do some recap this week of what was going on at men's camp because it was probably one of the more transformational events that we've seen. The whole objective here was to continue to help awaken the warriors in Christ, the, the warrior-hearted men. And there's probably a little over 100 men at the camp, maybe, maybe closer to 130. We ended up baptizing 80 of them, which is amazing, including staff members of the, the Church of Glad Tidings church. And a lot of it came down to just walking in a place of finally letting go of some weights and setting themselves free. And that's kind of your deliverance inner healing part. One of the things about men is they tend to carry a lot of weight and they don't tend to get shedded easily. And the problem we have in our society right now is there's a lot of weight and a lot of those baggages are actually dysfunctional baggages that weaken the strength of men. Those things can include porn addictions, drug addictions. They can even include things like being sterilized, having a vasectomy. Um, There's all sorts of things like this that result in that. And with that, it takes a lot of work to be able to break those connections. Maybe it's trauma when they they were young. Maybe it's trauma um, in a previous relationship. But men are not easy to crack open in that sense, and giving them a, giving people a safe community where we can come together, men can come together and, and be able to release a lot of that is super important. And it allows for a deeper healing within people. And I think people would be surprised at the burdens that men carry. Um, they're, they're burdens of real loss and real pain. And when that Time over time, those build up and really become a major load on people and just wear them down. It weakens the whole stature of what men are. And the ob- obviously the goal is to restore men to the place of being the protector, the steward, the father, the, the nurturer. The, uh, and the mother is a nurturer, but men have to have a nurturing side to them and the husband and in those categories and trying to reestablish an ability to truly have love at a spiritual level and sharing that and yet being the strength of the family and the guide and the steward. And those things get right to the core of marriage and the way God intended marriage to be. So this is a, it's been a really powerful last few days and to be witness to a lot of this and to be humbled equally by the trust that people place in you. It just kind of helped them through difficult times. It's one of those places that I didn't never expect it to be, honestly. And over the last couple of weeks, I've gone through my own process of letting go of some old injuries. And you've been part of those stories as I've aired them here. And that's the one thing that I continue to try to just keep this channel is really a walk with Jesus in a true and honest way. And with that, 
I think we all end up going a good place together. A couple of weeks ago, well, not quite a couple, it'd be like just a little over a week and a half ago, I gave testimony to some things I had to let go of in my, and had to, you know, come to, come to grips with, some damage that was done in my family, the results of being exposed to porn when I was young. And the consequences of what that does is a ripple effect across your own relationships. My testimony then becomes one of someone who has had, you know, four relationships. They're um, all failures in the sense of time, not necessarily failures in terms of other things, but there's, and there's been just two adopted boys in my life that we're not in touch with anymore. And that's just the nature of the walk. This is, these sorts of things, when you carry them, um, part of what happens is if we don't let them go, in the roles that men are, and I'm not, and I'm not speaking for women, though I'm sure I, mean, I know that these are similar in outcomes, but for men, these roles can, these events of the past can create cycles in which you repeat the same damage over and over. And that's effectively my story that then becomes one for others to learn from. And it's also the blessing that God gave me in the sense of taking something that was, uh, I, wouldn't, I would definitely not call it good, but turning it into a tool to benefit others, to heal. And that's literally how God works, is moving through these places to take that which is broken and turn it into something good and to make it where you can help others heal. And that's that's been the goal, and we've been hugely successful. There's... The uniqueness at the Church of Glad Tidings, and one of the reasons that I'm very much compelled and drawn to this church is Dave Bester Dave Bryant's vision, which is to go after the one, not to 99. And that one are people that, for example, someone who's been in prison for 10 years or 15 years, someone who is in prison, but even st- one guy stuck in solitary confinement for 18 months in one of the toughest prisons in California. Those are those types of profiles probably constitutes about 30 percent of Glad Tidings congregation, and it adds a richness and a, an amazement to what they do over here. Because in giving, when those people are set free and accept Christ in their life, their dedication to Jesus and the way that they run their lives is completely different than someone who has had a relatively easy life just accept Jesus and just as a matter of course. These guys accept Jesus and are running for Jesus. And they're pursuing him because they understand how big a deal it is and how literally Jesus is the only thing that has saved them both in prison and out. And they make mistakes. And some of them fall again. And there's some that have had, have fallen back into addiction. And there's some that have gone to some pretty rough times. But it's the process of clinging on to, to not just clinging on, but to holding to a faith, even in the darkest of times, that they've managed to get through these things and still recover. And that's why I love these guys so much, because they're fighters. They don't give up. They keep fighting. They keep raising up. And they truly keep trying to pursue that return to where they won't trip up again. And their trip-ups don't have to be big to have huge consequences. I mean, these things can be, it can be a flag on a, and you get pulled over and, and get flagged for something, and it might end up being another round in jail. I mean, there's these consequences in the current laws that we have that the consequences for them can be massive and life-changing. So there's some heavy burdens that these guys carry. 
there's other people that carry things that would surprise you. Um, going in the past and looking at the sorts of things that they carry away from a, a relationship that went bad, uh, an abusive father, that's a very common um, into one guy whose father used to literally beat him at five years old with his fists until the kid was bruised and bloodied. Bloody. These are real stories. And when you start to look at this, you start to realize how difficult it is for some even to be able to function normally. And yet these guys are overcoming this and they're releasing it through their love and trust in Christ and they're starting to restore themselves back to being normal human beings, I guess if you want to say it that way. They're just good men. Friday morning, the event was actually started Thursday. We checked in on Thursday afternoon, and I gave the first session. And the first session I got into was, it, it was I dug deep, and we went into things like pornography addictions, and we talked about drug addictions, and we just talked about the role of the father and as well as the role of men that are supposed to be the, the part of expanding the kingdom through more children. So decisions that we make to not have children, to, even in terms of birth control, become ones that run contrary to God's intent because God's intent is that we are, the men are the carriers of the seed. And this was all part of that vision, vision that God gave me about a week and a half ago that men are the carriers of the seed and women are the receivers for the womb to incubate life and that we together are given the gift of creation and men carry the power of creation within them and we don't value it. And unfortunately, in this day and age, when we determine how many children we're going to have, we take the measures to prevent from ever having children again or we, and sex becomes just a pleasurable thing with no consequences and not the intent of heaven. And as I've discussed these things over the last few days with the men, it, it was truly transformational as I started to realize a new role. And this wasn't my word. These were God's words to me to carry. And I say it that way because the impact of them was as even surprised me. There's like a, a light bulb moment that goes on in people and they realize that, wait a minute, I've been given the power of creation, and yet I'm doing everything I can not to create, which is exactly true. At the root of this is also the concept of why we, we limit ourselves in children. Margaret Stanger, who's the founder of Planned Parenthood, was all about the idea of eugenics and trying to limit the growth of children. And as God put on my heart, some time back, the question was this, it's when you start to look at having children, you don't look at me, but instead you look at your bank account. And that's, and the truth is that that sort of perspective is, per, is pervasive in almost every family, that the decision to have more or less children is rested on a bank account, not on heaven. And we're not looking at God in terms of the gifter of life and giving us the power of creation to realize just what it is that he's actually given us. So we did get into, we get into things, which I say, we're, as I said in the, in the presentation, we're going into your bedroom, which means we're going to talk about those things of the sexual intimacy with your partner. And as you as a man, what's, going to, what's that going to look like? Are you going to have your wife be a sexual object that just becomes a physical pleasure for you? Or are you connected with your wife at a spiritual level where you're able now to exchange and find joy in just having conversations and, and prayer and, and exchange of scripture. 
And do you have that sort of bond there that when you do have physical intimacy, are you opening up the gateways to let God gift you with whatever that is? It may be that gift every time, which would be, it doesn't quite work, but maybe that gift is a child. God doesn't say not to have physical intimacy and to enjoy the physical intimacy, but we we do is we intercede and then we say, well, I'm not going to have physical intimacy with any consequence of a child. That's not God's way. And this is where this message that I presented now, I presented it at men's camp, I presented it uh, yesterday, I'm sorry, uh, this morning and tonight at the churches, and the response has been off the chain. I did not expect to have so many people be so enthusiastic about this message. And what's really amazing is I've presented this message now at men's camp and at the two churches and the church and at Glad Tidings and the Satellite Church up in Grass Valley. There's a light bulb moment that goes on. And people suddenly realize that what our true purpose is here, what we're about, and how we've been duped. We aren't intended to limit the growth of, of the kingdom, and yet we do it all the time. We make mistakes, with by permanent mistakes in our bodies to prevent it from ever happening. And this is how the enemy has infected us the worst, because it gets us down to a place where we become and act like gods in determining how many kids we will have, when we will have them, etc. And that's not God's plan. And that's when we start to embrace the power of that. We start to realize that as we are part of creation, then we have to, we're have we being given a gift greater than any gift that can be given. If we would value that at its very root and core, it would change upward from bottom up everything that we look at in this world. And we're still not doing that. Take, for, take new dating, for example. Kids that date now see sex as pleasure. It's hard to keep them from doing it. And as a consequence, we end up with out-of-wedlock babies, or worse, we get relationships that are built first on the, on the relationship in the bed rather than the relationship in the spirit. Older cultures did things like courting. Courting was actually pretty fantastic because the family had an ability to get to know the potential partner, man or wife, or I mean wife or husband, as well as the bride did or the groom. So that would mean family was present when you were, when you were together. That means that family got to spend time with a future son-in-law or daughter-in-law. And then when that marriage was made, then it was consummated, but there was already a foundation of a relationship in the spirit. Those are the things that are very difficult to reestablish now that once you're married, but they can be done. And a lot of it centers back on the man's ability to take a step back from sort of physical desires and not to, not to say not to have them, but not to make it the center point in the relationship. So these sorts of discussions went on for two days, in addition to talking about more your mindset, what it takes to, to be a warrior, in the, and that was led by Colonel Pete Chambers. And we ended up with an amazing experience where on Friday morning I woke up and told, I woke up to the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, you need to do baptisms. So I took it to Dave since it's his camp, Pastor Dave. And he just kind of makes a snarky comedy. He's like, so what are you going to do? Go into the river, Scotty? And I go, yeah, I am. He goes, then take it away. So we talked about the baptisms before lunch and ended up out of 120 or 130 guys, 80 or more came down to be rebaptized. A few for the first time, most all of them were rebaptizing. But God put in my heart to do something even more unique, which was pretty fantastic, which was to 
have each man carry a rock, which represented all that he was letting go. And that was symbolic of the River Jordan and the crossing of the River Jordan. So he ended up making this beautiful mound of rocks of people that, of all the things they had let go, but also the symbolism of what that rock represented, freedom. And that becomes what the Bible calls a memorial stone, where you have a place to anchor your thoughts and go back to to remember that time and what it was that you let go of to continue your process of freedom as the war as, as the world wages war on your head and your heart and your and your body. There has been a lot of letting go for a lot of people. And tonight, in fact, we had testimonies at the satellite church of people that had been transformed, let go, how they feel. It's really pretty amazing. And what was really powerful is that at men's camp, we had the Holy Spirit just like we had at the Kentucky. It was there. It was alive. And things were happening. And that electric, of, that electric sense of feel of the love that that brings is off the chain. So in a process like this, in a time like this, these sorts of events are really important. Everybody carries their weights differently. <clears throat> but... Somehow in a society that we are, men aren't supposed to be honest, real, tender, empathetic. They're not supposed to be that way. And they need it. people need environments to be able to shed that way. When they do, we start to see the restoring truly what God intended. And it's beautiful. The message that I've been carrying is the same message I hit on just a few minutes ago, which is the message that in the end of the day, we are the creators of this world. And we've been given the gift of creation. What we aren't valuing yet is the byproduct of that, which is the child. And we have to. We have to get back to considering, considering the children and doing it well, nurturing the children to raise up big families. We have to get past this concept of a nuclear family or a family of one. Those are just, that's happening because of a world that we tell ourselves we can't afford children, but we don't go to God first. We go to our bank account first. So. These are all part of us restoring a nation, and it's important to know. What this has to do with, for example, the war in the Middle East is actually everything, not just a tangential thought. We're fighting a global cult. It's a global criminal cabal that has placed assets all over the globe to cause mass chaos, cause death and destruction. That's what's going on there in Israel. It's what they plan to do here with our border. It's why they're permeating people through. They're bringing in the violent actors. They're caching weapon systems across the country. They're preparing for what's going to go on in Israel. It's going to come here. And the question really is, are people prepared for what's coming? Men in particular, are you prepared for what's coming? And as long as you are anchored in the flesh, as long as you are anchored in the obsessions of the flesh, you're not going to be able to set your mind free to be able to do the sorts of things that need to be done. We have to elevate our love for our family to the level of the body of Christ. And in so doing, we release the bondages of the, of the desirous and ravenous love of the flesh. And as we build our family around that piece, the satisfaction just with being them and being steward and being in that place elevates exponentially. This is part of strengthening the family. It's part of rebuilding the family. It's part of the family revolution. And there isn't any other way but through on this. 
There's weights that have to be unburdened. There's truths that have to be spoken. And some of those truths can be pretty horrible. What men and women need to start understanding is this is a war against the family. And both women and women are targeted. And that also changes the vector of who you blame. Let's take porn, for example. Porn is an insidious weapon system. Because when it's launched and it it hits, it begins with images of they call soft porn typically. And, and what that is doing is it's giving the slow roll in and the excuse that it's really not porn. It's easy to hide that in a family. But as we go progress, porn gets increasingly more addictive because it's these dopamine and adrenaline cycles in the brain that need to be fed. Pornography is one of those that can, can feed that. So as we move forward, in looking at these problems, we're starting to see a massive uptick in pornography attacks. And what they're doing is they're going after now. The, they're continuing to demoralize the man, but at the same time, they're trying to continue to add rifts and fractures within a marriage. A marriage, as it stands now, needs to be one in union, not just in the physical and not just because somebody's cute and hot. But it needs to be a marriage of of people that hold that heart, that heart bond, that spiritual tie to one another and value it to such a degree that when attacks hit, they don't turn and fight each other face to face, but instead they fight back to back, fighting outwards to keep themselves safe. Those are important principles to understand because typically our relationships these days that are rooted so much in the physical science sense, which by the way, speaking from experience, as people age, that physical thing goes with it. So we have to get to a place where we stand back to back as couples, as married couples, as in however you are, not face to face. Because the face to face, not to say you shouldn't stand face to face, but the principle behind this is when you're when you're face to face, you're in the more arguing mode and ready to tear each other down. But this enemy knows that, and this enemy is continuing to seed that. We talk about pornography; it's a great example of this because pornography is what it's doing, is it's causing a weakness within the family because it's a moral corruption. But then it's like the things that I, we have a hard time not realize, or realizing that it is an attack. So women take it personally, for example. I'm not saying you shouldn't have impact when, if your husband was, saying for addicted to pornography. But the problem is that we, we aren't valuing the fact that that pornography is not coming there just because your husband wants it. This enemy understands the profile of what they're trying to go after and targets your husband for it. It's a very big difference. It's a difference between committing suicide with a gun and having somebody shoot you. And this is these burdens, these anchors, then degrade the intimacy between the couple. They degrade trust, and then we end up with these empty, empty shells of, of marriages. Now, I'm not making. I'm making some general statements here because I know already there's people that have great marriages, and I'm not trying to judge you into this profile in any way. But as a collective whole, we are challenged right now at the family unit. If you look at the whole push now for transgenderism and trying to get transgenders in office and all this other, all of this is about demasculating the male at the end of the day and taking away the male's power and trying to degrade it to such a degree that the male becomes dysfunctional and is no longer able or willing, keyword, to protect the family, to protect the children, and to stand as spiritual leaders in their community. 
The enemy knows this, and this is why we've got to get to the core of how to free men from these burdens. So we ended up in Friday morning with a call out from the Holy Spirit to do baptisms. And so we went down to the river. And it's I love doing baptisms outside now. I don't think I'll go back. Meaning no, no tubs. These are real baptisms, and they're fantastic for it. So we went down to the river, and part of this that was also put on my heart was to have each man carry these stones, like I said earlier. But these baptisms, one after the other, and everyone giving testimony as to why. It was beautiful. It was fantastic. And it was truly a reset for so many. And so I would also add to this as a caveat. If you haven't been baptized in a long time, recommit. Do it again. And get yourself recommitted into Christ because we're in a very crazy time right now. And we're watching the outflow, even in a digital realm, of people that were tied, connected to, or inside of Israel. And this whole thing that we're struggling with right now is all at the core of trying to inflame men to go to war. So, where we are at this point in time is a war that is raging in the Middle East. At least it's starting to try. Men are in a difficult position because many are disconnected from their root and they're going to be easily subjected to the anger and idea of going to war. This is what they want. And it's not a good thing or an easy thing. So we have to start freeing people from these bondages that anchor them into things that are, make have little meaning other than to drag them down. We've got to free the bondages so men can get stand back up and be the mighty men of God that God intended. And that's the process, and that's what we've been doing. And that's what we did, especially with the baptisms and the symbolism that that brought with it was profound. Because as you lean back in that water, all those chains are broken and all those contracts implied or otherwise are shed off and there's no more influence left if legally within the demonic world to go after the men but it's also deeply spiritual and freeing from within inside it's been an amazing few days and to see people in the process of deliverance and inner healing to be able to finally let things go with the power of Jesus, healing them, and to see them restored is, has no words that would give it justice other than that's what we do and how much we have to do. And that knowing then that as they step out, they're returning back to a family to be a better husband, a better father, and a better member of a community. And that message that I gave here was carried through today and in the Church of Glad Tidings and the Glad Tidings Satellite Church. And you're welcome to see that. It'll go up on Tuesday. You can check it out and see how long it is. So the message, though, is the same. That, in essence, that as God has shown me, that there is a purpose for us here that has nothing to do with our sexual pleasure, but everything to do with creation. And in order for us to be in the alignment of kingdom the way we should be and, and to receive those 
really anointed gifts like the mighty men of God. We have to start living like it and not trying to be intercessors for God's plan or interrupters for that matter. And it's not easy. But at the end of the day, if we want to reconnect with heaven properly, then we have to stop trying to take heaven into Babylon, which is what we do when we, the way we've been structuring this. We're in a place in this nation that things are going to continue to fall. The system is eroding. And on the horizon, there's going to have to be some sort of violent action to try to distract people because that's all they have left and to have justification for rewriting all the history so they literally write everything out that they don't want. And it's going to be up to us to stop it. It's going to be up to us to put our foot down. It's going to be up to us to understand what it means to literally go to war. Our government is at war with us. And so we need to be positioned to take that terrain back, bring justice to the land, and continue to heal the wounds that we each carry. So as we step forward into a Monday... There is a true sense that what we're going to be subjected to over this next week will be the worst images, the things that provoke, the things that try to get you upset and wanting to go to war. And that's exactly what we can't do. Because this is not a war about Palestinians and Israel. This is a war of a global elite that is trying intentionally to infuse global, global war to mark the trail and cover the trail of what they've done. Again, we need men. Men that can stand to this, men that can stand up in their communities, men that become active in their communities, men that understand the difference between fight or flight, men that can have the, the nobleness to stand for their family with the love that they carry for, through Jesus. All of these things, we need men because this hour is now upon us. So pray for the men. It's basically it because they need help. And if we reset the male and the man, we make a big step in resetting things for the nation. Let's pray. Father, we come to you tonight humbled and blessed, kind of a reflection on this whole journey that we've been on, which has been interesting to say the least. We're in a place right now where men are lacking the confidence and much of the focus needed to literally be representatives of kingdom. And so we pray for the men tonight. Pray for their hearts to be opened. Pray for the burdens to be let off. Most importantly, we pray that they take time to go to church, a church, to sit and to read the Bible and Church can be even Bards FM, but to take time to reflect and sit and listen to the, to the words and then listen to the Bible and to learn. So, Father, we're blessed with what you give. We ask for the continued blessings as we move forward. And we ask that you'll guide us and protect us in this hour as we watch a world unfold. And we see the end of an era 
come upon us. Guide us, bless us, and direct us in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. So, it's Jeremiah 6.16, seek the ancient paths, and it's truly what we're trying to do in resetting everything that we have back to a solid foundation. And we can, and we will. But it's going to take some work. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil, never relent, always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you in the morning at 6 a.m. Pacific from Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Chasing mountains I can't climb Holding out for heroes in the night I find myself here in the dark We learn to fight and learn who we are But I am raised up to face the stars Full of light And we are one 
Out of my mind. 